0: I'm Jess. I'm a front-end developer. I do basic front-end stuff, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, fun stuff like that, a little bit of Drupal. And I work at a company in Washington, D.C. called Rep Equity. We're like a full-service digital agency.
1: Uh, my name is Jay. I actually work at Portland Community College right now. I'm learning to do front-end stuff through Code Oregon and Team Treehouse. Built a couple of small web apps, and yeah, that's about it right now.
2: Uh, I'm Martin, I'm a uh, software developer, I work for ThoughtWorks in Australia.
3: Hi, I'm Victor, and I'm a software engineer at Solar City. just recently moved to the Bay Area from San Diego.
4: My name is Sarah Withy, I'm a software developer at a bank in the Midwest, and you're listening to the LGBTQ Tech Podcast. So today we're going to be sharing coming out stories, what it was like for us to come out at our workplace or just come out in our professional lives in general and um, share stories and just converse about that today.
0: Uh, I guess I'll start as the newbie. So hi, I'm Jess, everyone. (laughs) I Let's see. My last job, I was not out at all. I presented totally straight. I'm a bi woman, so it's pretty easy for me to get away with presenting very straight if I'm dating a man. So I didn't I didn't come out in my last company. I worked for a very old school foundation. It was very boys club. It was very normative, all that kind of fun stuff. So I decided I didn't want to come out there. And my new company is this awesome, cool tech company, and it's very young and hip and cool. And so I thought, you know, this was a really a place that I could become who I was, whether that was A little bit more leaning politically to the left or coming out as bi or coming out as just not being the normal black suit DC, whatever. So I came out randomly at a happy hour uh, and I expected a little more blowback than I got, but people were super awesome at my company and super able to just sort of roll with it all and it was cool. I think I'm maybe the second or third person at my company to sort of come out and be queer in our space, and people have generally been really accepting, which is very awesome and cool. I was really nervous, particularly bi people get a lot of blowback, and I'm dating a man right now, so people don't quite understand that dichotomy between, well, oh, you're a woman and you're cisgender, and you're dating a man, so are you really, like, gay? Are you really queer? Or are you just kind of, like, you know, that's a cool thing to say, so you're saying it. Um, But people have been generally super supportive and awesome, and um, uh, my partner has come to events, and that's been cool, and I've talked about ex-girlfriends, and that's been awesome. So um, I generally have a really positive experience. I know that that's that's not everyone's experience, but I kind of wanted to give that perspective. There has been some weirdness about people quite not quite understanding what bi means, particularly by people who date the opposite gender and how that's not necessarily, oh, well, you're bi and you're dating a man, so you're really just straight. That kind of is a pervasive thought, but other than that, people have been pretty uh, supportive and and awesome in my company.
1: Cool. I think I'll I'll go next being I would argue I'm more noob than Jess i've I've been um working since I was thirteen um, and I had the privilege of really uh, working my first job actually was working for a queer youth organization in San Francisco called Lyric, which stands for the Lavender Youth Recreation and information Center and it was mostly through them that I was able to really come into my own as somebody who had been out at their workplace for the majority of their working life and really haven't had any sort of issue with being out at the workplace. It's been really, I feel really lucky and really fortunate growing up both in San Francisco and then moving to Portland, Oregon to work in, most of my work has been either in nonprofits that are dealing directly with the LGBTQ community or dealing with that work. Um, dealing with that work on the side. So I've been out since I was 13, I'm 29 now. Uh, That has been my experience and coming out, it's not a question of if I come out, but how I come out to certain people. Sometimes people assume that I'm straight because of the, the way I present myself, but yeah, it's quickly dashed when I start talking about my partner. And using the term partner, and then following up with the the he pronouns. So, Martin. Um,
2: yeah, for me, um, it's kind of uh, I probably got sort of three scenarios. So, um, my first career was as a carpenter, um, and I was very, very not out um, as a carpenter uh, because it was a, a an unfriendly environment for that particularly in small town um, England and then I moved on and became a nurse and it was very easy to be out in the nursing profession Um, and then moving to tech you know I've joined joined ThoughtWorks which is a very inclusive organization anyway so um, coming out wasn't really a big deal for me I sort of joined the internal like So we have these social justice projects that we do uh, within ThoughtWorks, and one of them um, is called Queering, which is just making sure that uh, LGBTQ people are visible within the organisation. So that sort of put me on the list quite easily and quite visibly. But the area where it's more difficult is because we're a consultancy and we do a lot of work with clients, that's an area where I'm much more cautious um, and I wouldn't say that um, I really hide who I am, but I'm much more cautious about the sort of things that are disclosed because I worry about reactions and and you know if that can cause conflict within the um, within a client scenario. Yeah, so that's where I am.
3: Yeah. I think the first time I really ever came out at work was uh, at uh, my second job when I was a a software engineer at a a fairly small medical device company. Also, uh, it was uh, not a lot of people around my age. I was not a lot of junior developers um, in this, in this job. So it was definitely an environment that I didn't feel exactly completely safe coming out in. Um, and the way I came out, it's kind of funny because the, the thing that the the thing that motivated me to come out was um, people would ask me about how my day's going or what I was going to do on the weekend, and usually uh, um, this stuff involved my partner at the time. At the time, he was my partner. Now he's my husband. But um, what what did you do this weekend? And I found myself having to leave out my partner in my stories because I was afraid of this environment. I felt I didn't feel exactly completely safe in this environment. I didn't know what the consequences would be or how people would treat me. Um, So we had this newsletter um, that uh, someone at the company had voluntarily put together kind of to, I guess, create more of a sense of community within the company. And there was a section about um, individual employees like People who volunteered themselves to have a little blurb about themselves, what they do in their free time, what they like to do. I volunteered to do that, and I wrote up what I like to do in my free time, and it was the first time I actually, you know, talked about, you know, I like to, usually I like to watch Netflix with my husband or take our dog to the dog beach and, you know, all these other things that included him in it. And it was, it was a very scary and exciting thing. Um, I know I talked to my husband about it. It was a little bit planned. Um, And at the same time when it happened, like it's almost as if like nothing happened. I wasn't exactly sure if people actually read the newsletter. So I didn't even know if, you know, people even knew that I had wrote this thing. But from that point on, I felt like, well, I don't have any control really whether you know people know I came out and whether or not they read the article wasn't within my control. I just lived my life talking about myself and talking about my partner and not feeling like I had to censor myself or hide myself from anything. And it, it wasn't really um, that bad. It ended up being a fairly comfortable thing. And I didn't have to, I, I really stopped worrying about um, whether People knew or not, and what people thought. You know, I really felt like I could just focus on my job. Um, I think it improved my relationships with my coworkers and things like that. That was kind of my big, my first time coming out in the workplace as a as a software engineer. That was that was my experience. um, The first kind of big time I came out, and since then, I felt like coming out isn't something I necessarily have to do anymore. Sometimes it comes up during job interviews, um, and then it's like not even an issue. uh, Which, for me, that there's also some questions about that. But generally, when I go on job interviews, if like what I do in my personal time comes up as a topic, um, I will talk about my husband um, because he takes up a lot of my personal time. So it's it's just kind of become something that's less and less like coming out and more like just being who I am.
4: Have any of you? Also, come out during job interviews has it been a positive experience negative experience? do you feel like that's not something you should do during a job interview
1: i I think for me it really depends on the on the job and what i'm what I'm supposed to be doing in that job. A lot of times I uh, have interview for jobs that are working with queer youth or working with um Working with like marginalized populations, and so it becomes a a benefit to have a black queer man um, interviewing for a position. I check off a lot of diversity boxes for folks who are doing interviews, and I think the other thing is on my resume, particularly even um, even the tech things that I can connect myself to, small as they are. The they all are connected to um, some sort of either HIV, queer thing, or people of color thing. And I think that, for me, has been a really strategic move in uh, being being sort of clear about my identities and where I'm willing to put in my energy and my work time. So uh, for me, sometimes I can't, I don't even have the luxury of being in the closet, if that one could call that a luxury, because... The first couple of things back on my resume are like working at the Queer Resource Center at Portland State or working at a queer youth shelter or something like that. So um, sometimes I don't even get the benefit of like not being able to come out.
0: So I feel like that's in direct dichotomy with my experience, especially as a bi woman who's dating a straight man. People obviously assume, oh, you're straight. So at the beginning, I would make a. I I didn't come out mostly because I was afraid. I was such a noob, like I had just gone through a boot camp. I had taught myself programming. I wasn't really. I was just so grateful that I had a job and that somebody would uh, take a chance on me and train me and things like that. That I I was too afraid to shake the boat really um, at first, and it wasn't until. I felt comfortable in my company and that I really saw that my company was somebody who respected people's work rather than, than who you were. Like what, if you, you know, were queer or straight or whatever, if you did good work, you did good work and that was it. Um, which was really surprising to me because my company is very like old school DC. Um, the people who rent it, uh, we have a very traditional male, uh, leadership group and I was kind of nervous about that at first and it wasn't until I felt like okay these people really care and 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 really respect me as a developer even though I'm a newbie even though I'm kind of coming up and that's when I felt okay to like say something and it's something I struggle with a lot um because it is so easy for me to kind of like hide behind it all you know when you're bi, when you're a woman, and when you're dating a man, it's easy to be like, oh, I can say my partner, but the moment that I gender him with the he pronoun, you're straight. And so when I came out, I definitely did it as a political statement. I said, I'm making the choice to come out at work as queer. People would obviously, he comes to Christmas parties, he comes to holiday parties, people would just assume. So I made the decision to say, My company is a a good environment. These people I trust. um, I'm finally getting some skills where I feel uh, like I give something to the company, where I bring something to the company. I'm feeling like a real developer now. Um, So I guess I also feel okay to come out as queer. Uh, It was hard. But I think for my next uh, job, if I leave this company, I'll probably come out right away because I'm not a noob anymore. I have tech skills now, and so if you want my skills, which include a lot of different things, then you come with the whole package, which includes my queerness and includes my involvement in things like women who code and lesbians who tech and all of these different things, which is a real benefit for companies nowadays to have this sort of bigger network. So... As my tech skills increase and I've, as I take that burden off my shoulders of like, I don't know what I'm talking about slash imposter syndrome slash I'm not supposed to be here anymore. As that weight lessens, I'm, I feel more comfortable owning whatever it is that I am as my own personality, which happens to be bi and queerness and all of this other stuff. I'm able to come more into that as I feel more comfortable being like, I'm a real developer. <laughs> you can't fire me because I know all sorts of tech stuff, so like that's cute, but I know how to build a bunch of websites. So that's kind of my uh, experience.
2: Yeah, I find that really, really interesting, particularly the sort of things that, that people have have raised that are around safety. So uh, as people feel safer then, you know, it's more likely that you disclose. Particularly really interesting to me hearing uh, at least two people have said now, oh, I was very junior. And I wonder, you know, how how that impacts on people when they feel, you know, maybe that they don't have the right amount of of skills and that is influencing this decision about whether or not to be... um, open about yourself
0: Well the workplace can be very normative and that's really scary. My last worst workplace was a very government-centric old boys club centric uh, place and that was a really scary environment for like a young queer woman especially I'm I'm fairly young and I graduated it right at the height of the recession and I had a really hard time finding a job. so any small thing that someone would have against me, to give me a job, I was terrified of because I just wanted gainful employment. Honestly, it was. It took me a year and a half to find a job. And this was after a full bachelor's degree and spending living in multiple countries and speaking multiple languages. I have a degree in international relations. So that's a really scary uh, uh, space to live in is like anything that you can just say, well, you know, that person was cool, but X, Y, Z. I don't want to give them X, Y, Z, because I just want a job. And now the one thing that I talk a lot about is that is that tech skills take you sort of outside of that pool. You know, it, it's a little bit of a smaller field. And now I have these hard skills rather than I have a social science degree, I'm doing this program management or project creation or whatever. Like, no, I, I can build you a website. That's a That's a physical thing that I can do now. And that's given me the confidence to say, I don't really care uh, whether or not you like my personality or whether or not I fit into your corporate culture. I have this set of skills that you want. Do you want me to build you these things or do you not? That's your choice, not mine. And I have a million other people who would be happy to pay me a lot of money to come and bring my skills to them. And so that sort of empowerment process has been really interesting and awesome for me because like when I left that last company, I cut all my hair off. I came out as queer. I was like able to talk about not only my current partner, who's a man, but my ex-partner, who's a woman. And and I can switch between those two gender pronouns and feel really comfortable with it. And if people have questions, I'll answer them and I'll be honest and whatever. But Because I'm not afraid that if I lose my job, I will be like not able to get another job and have to go back to something where I'm doing like food service or something where I can't make, you know, my rent and my bills and my whatever, I'm less afraid of that. So I can sort of, you know, if we're going to take like colloquial talk right now, I can sort of lean into all of these different parts of my personality that aren't necessarily normative.
1: I just wanted to sort of echo that. Part of the reason why I'm going into tech right now is. I I really wanna have a, a skill set and a set of hard skills that allow me to really um choose the places that I work. And I kinda of wanted to approach the question sort of that you pose in a different way. It's like because our skills are like at, in tech are so in demand in a lot of different places, how much of how much are you I guess for me on the West Coast, what happens is a lot of times people are like, you can just shape your world, you can do whatever you want. And so how much of that is, like for me, I wanted to have a set of skills where I can go to a company um, when I'm interviewing and say, you want me as much as I wanna work for you Um, and being able to pick and choose those different places and really do feel a sense of safety. Um, I think part of the reason why Um, I continued to do nonprofit and continued to do sort of public health work, which is what my degree is in, is because I felt like those were places where I could feel safe as an out queer person and as a person of color and not have those things be be a disconnect or in discord with the larger mission and vision of the organization that I was serving. Um, And so now as I'm sort of transitioning careers, I want to look at a place where I can go and people are like, these skill sets will make you valuable valuable enough to a company that they will consider or even actually change the ways that they approach problems and the ways that they approach handling product or a company culture um, to, to make it sure that everybody at their office feels safe. And that includes somebody who's Black and also queer at the same time.
2: So there's, there's a, um, a few um, themes that are coming out there around sort of feeling empowered and feeling like, you know, I've got this skill set that's in demanding tech and that sort of gives me a bit more permission to be who I am. And I wonder if um, that sort of belief and assumption maybe holds for people who are outside of sort of bigger cities where things are more metropolitan, and I wonder... Um, how that impacts on you know, up and coming developers, up and coming tech folks who maybe live in, in a much more isolated way. I wonder if it, if they have that similar um, belief that they can have this skill set and just be who they are versus you know feeling like they need to hide themselves. I don't know if anybody's had any experiences like
1: that.
0: Well, DC is not exactly a small town. There's lots, there's a huge queer and gay scene here. But I must say, DC is very, uh, a lot of the entrenched uh, industries are quite normative. Um, And so, normative behavior is quite uh, expected. Um, Now, that's changing. And I feel like because people are politically active, because people are really intelligent, you can call them on that a little bit more. But it does—it definitely does feel like okay. You come into a company and you need to, as a woman, you need to wear a—you a, know—a nice skirt suit and put your heels on and have your hair long, and things are very um, camera ready in DC. So when I switched over to something like tech, where uh, I could express the parts of my personality. So uh, I'm from San Francisco and I'm from the West Coast and I'm like hippie born and bred and it takes a lot for me to be like camera ready I'm like oh I have my ripped jeans and my converse and my shitty hair and that's just me and that's how I grew up with that kind of stuff so coming into DC where everyone's like I'm sorry you're not wearing your black suit I don't I'm not sure what to do with you that's been like a really really hard transition because I just want to be like yo let's make cool things I don't even care like whatever so that sort of a transition has been really really hard and at first I was really upset about it cuz I was like you know I'm not that kind of person I'm not a wear a suit everyday person I'm not a um make small talk or deal with the entrenched old boys club that exists here that's a really hard thing for me as an outspoken queer feminist it's like ah uh, how many how much do I need to shut my mouth down and yeah the 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 tech skills has have given me the empowerment to stand up and so I got hired on to a company that is pretty much male run. Uh, And everyone at the top is pretty normative, but I feel confident to be like, when somebody's at happy hour running their mouth about something, and I'm like, oh, actually, um, it's really not appropriate to use that term when you're talking about this section of the LGBT community, or hey, let's let's include Q in that community, or hey, you want to talk about Caitlyn Jenner? Let's like, really talk about the vocabulary that we would use around these kind of different situations it gives me the ability to call out my very normative coworkers and like work for education because I don't feel like I'm going to lose my job. I don't feel like I'm going to be hard up for another opportunity because I do really good work for this company and they can't say anything because it's not like I'm a salesperson. It's not like I'm client facing. I build them something. And for me, that's been like the transformative moment
2: um, I've also um, heard several people mention this thing about losing jobs. And I wonder um, how, how people sort of experience that, you know, this sense that, you know, I could potentially lose my job just for being who I am. I, I can't. Uh, did, did you talk a little bit about that, Victor?
3: Um, I think so. So um, at my first job, I actually wasn't out. And it was a concern of mine, which it, it's kind of funny. I, look, in hindsight, um, I don't know why I felt that way. It was at a startup. And again, a lot of people were fresh out of college. Um, it was a job where we were working crazy hours, 12 hours a day. Um, at one point, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week. And um, I really enjoyed the people I worked with, though. Had, we had a lot of fun. We, we did a lot of fun activities together but i just for so it was my first job and i just was a i guess i was afraid of you know losing it i think it was a combination of when there are other reasons why you're afraid of losing your job it makes it even harder so at this job not performing was reason to lose your job and i remember we had uh, i had a, a kind of a tech lead and we were working on a project and we stayed at the office overnight and worked on this project and he called in to see how we were doing our tech lead he didn't come in well he got let go the next day and that kind of pressure on top of i mean that's not a safe space for anyone and so when you add the being LGBT part on top of it, it just makes it even less space. Um, you know, my manager, uh, uh, another manager I ended up have for, having for a long period of time at that same company, um, she ended up actually also being LGBT. Um, and um, her, she became a mentor for me. I came out after I left the company. I connected with her after I left the company. Um, I, you know, she she invited me over to, to dinner with her and her partner at the time, now her wife. and she's not only a mentor, a professional connection, but I also re- really feel like we're, we're good friends. You know, we've been over, I've been over to her house for dinner. I guess even though it wasn't a safe space, there were, there were lots of reasons for that. And, and even with people who I probably sh- maybe could, I, who it was perfectly safe to come out to, like, I just wasn't there yet. So that's, it, it's something that can take time, feeling safe, can take time, especially when you're a junior developer, as is um, you know, others have said, you know, you don't have the skills, you don't know if you bring enough value to make letting you go a risk, so to speak. For me, like being a junior developer when I first started, you don't have a sense of confidence that you do once you start once you have something to look back on and say, I was able to do all this stuff. You know, I, I have that sense of confidence now, so I don't think I worry as much about that risk of being let go. So the, the when you start to peel away the other reasons you might not let go, I think it, it makes it easier to feel safe enough to just, you know, come out or even just to, to be yourself without even seeing it as a, a coming out process, having it be just like a part of who you are.
0: I think that rings really true, is that that confidence key, because I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves sometimes that when we come into an environment that is traditionally normative, that we assume Um, we must be normative to like then fit in because it feels very much. And I feel like this is a intersection between the LGBT community and then also like the feminist community. Whereas you're coming into an environment, you've got these people at the top who are very normative and often very male. And if you don't like, you know, play golf and talk about your wife and kids and, you know, X, Y, Z, that you're not a part of the group. And so we put a lot of this pressure on ourselves to then, relate to our superior vis-a-vis their experiences versus relate to our superior vis-a-vis things we might have in common or the work that we're doing in our company. And so for me, it was always um, both as a queer person and as a woman in a traditionally male-dominated space, it was very much I felt like I had to play by the boys' club rules And so I would put all this pressure on myself to like, oh, you know, I have to go and drink whiskey at the happy hour and I've got to like prove that I'm X, Y, Z and that I can hang with the boys and I can and I can be a part of this culture. Um, And I felt if I wasn't a part of that culture and if I didn't relate to those people on those terms, I wouldn't be respected and therefore promoted or um, would work up through the company. And so this—it's this little like self-imposed thing, which I—I am curious. And maybe this is my liberal bubble from living in San Francisco, and then Berlin, and then DC with very large queer communities. Um, I feel like I impose a little bit of heteronormativity on myself. That if my superiors are normative and hetero, I then must relate to them on that same level versus coming in and saying like, hey, okay, we're all working in this space. How can we relate in other terms? Like how is my relationship with my partner, male or female, similar to your relationship with your partner, male or female, and we can talk about kids or whatever and outside stuff. Um, I tend to self-impose restrictions and then I come out and nobody cares. And it's been this odd experience of like, oh, nobody cares at all if my partner's a boy or a girl or everyone's like, okay, whatever, that's cool. Good for you, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> I I do wonder how much of that has to do with like public sector versus private sector. Yeah. Um, just because I know that it's heavily looked down upon to discriminate against people in the public sector sort of work. And in fact, in my experience with doing government and nonprofit work, um, those things, having a non-normative experience is looked to as a boon. And so I wonder how much of that uh, um, self-regulating has to do with working in a private company versus working in a public company. Um, The folks that I know who um, kind of self-regulate usually work in private companies versus folks that I know that work in the, nonprofit tech sector or the public health uh, tech sector who are very clear about their, are very clear about letting their freak flag fly, I guess I should say. And so having like the folks that have encouraged me to go into tech have all been black queer women. Um, and with the exception of one, they've all worked in like public health or um, they've either worked for a public health, public, um, public, Organizations, or they've worked in, or they've worked in um, nonprofit, and they've really encouraged me to go into tech as a way of having the hard skills to make sure I can make a make a living and provide for my family, but also to have the hard skills to make sure that I bring value, more value to a nonprofit or a public sector company.
0: So that's actually really interesting. And I have like I'll tell you my experience. And I, I don't really know how to contextualize this because I find it odd. So I came to DC and I worked all in nonprofit um, up until making my transition to tech. And everyone who just dis- who was in that journey of making my transition were white men. White straight men were the ones who encouraged and brought me up and told me to never stop learning into tech. Um so that I fi- I find is a very interesting piece of information that I don't really know how to contextualize um but I was super, super supported by that community. Uh, second of all, I, I worked in nonprofit before this current job. So I work for um, private sector now. Um, I had worked maybe four to five nonprofit jobs before this. And I have never felt more disrespected as a queer person and as a woman than I had in those four to five nonprofit jobs before this. And now I work for all straight white men uh, who maybe don't necessarily know that much about the queer community, know that much about feminism, whatever. But I have never felt more respected in a job than I do in my current employment. And it's actually a very hard thing to get my head around because I, I went into nonprofit because I wanted to to do things like change the business dichotomy of like, how do we get more women into power, into CEO roles, into leadership roles? How do we get more women into tech? How do we address the diversity problem in tech and uh, leadership positions? So it was kind of this like losing of my idealism when I got into nonprofit and I was treated terribly. And I'm, I'm not talking like oh, you kind of got like intern roles because you didn't have enough experience. I got told by men that they hired women because they listened to direction better and wouldn't fight back. I'm talking blatant sexism, blatant ageism, and... It's just, it was, it was terrible because all I wanted for my life was to work in nonprofit and to, and to do this betterment of, of the society and, and talk about queerness and talk about feminism, all this kind of stuff. And I just felt beat down after a year and a half. And I switched to public sector, working under people that I would have thought would be the most non-understanding people of my situation and lifestyle. And yeah. They say some crass things and yeah, they don't really get it. And I have to do a lot of educating. But when I deliver my product, regardless of who I am, they say that's a good product and you are a good employee. This is what you get from that. And it's, it's been a hard transition and I'm not sure how to contextualize it.
2: I I sort of started out my um, nursing career being very, very out and then as I progressed and I became uh, a leader and I was in these more senior roles, I actually went very much more back in. You know, I self-censored. And some of the reasons for that were around
1: uh, me feeling that being a gay man
2: would mean that, that um, I could be um, disrespected in my leadership role for reasons other than competence and particularly anxious um around particularly people who have a very outward strong expression of Christian faith. You know, I've had these experiences of, you know, people wanting to pray for me to make me better. Um and 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 comments and and you know there's there's lots of people who have a, a faith in in healthcare, and that that's a group that you know, rightly or wrongly, and, and possibly some of my own prejudices, I feel really uncomfortable being myself around people who have these very outward um, expressions of, you know, this faith that that I know uh, um, says, you know, you're not welcome, you you are not whole you are not okay. Um so yeah I, I kind of went back in and now I've sort of changed careers and I'm back in tech and I'm working for this organization that's amazing. You know, it's got this huge social justice agenda. Um, you know I'm back to feeling like I can just be who I am. But yeah it's it's this like wave I think somebody mentioned earlier about you know feeling like they don't have to come out anymore I think was Victor mentioned that I'd I'd love to not have to do that anymore and to just be who I am um, and not have to you know make some comment that says I fit into this particular category therefore that's who I am and Victor also mentioned uh, having a husband and that's a super interesting thing to me and I wonder um, how that works in terms of your own confidence, you know, does that help? Um, because here in Australia, um, same-sex marriage, not legal, you know, and, and there's a big campaign about that at the moment. And now that it's kind of legal across the whole of the U.S., does that change things? Does that give you a sense of, I don't know, validation or permission?
3: Yeah, um I think before we actually got married, we got um, California had domestic partnerships, um, and we we did get a domestic partnership. He uh, he actually asked me to marry him. It was it was after two thousand eight, so after it had been legal for a while in California, and then um, same sex marriage became was unconst- like put in the constitution that it was banned. Uh, we knew at that point we weren't ready to marry. Soon after that, um, we got a domestic partnership. Um, and we got married in 2014 pretty much a year after it became legal again nationally but uh, I suppose that does play into you know i I, I don't I, I don't know if I've actually thought about how legitimate the marriage the, the the fact that it's legal now plays into my work environment. I would say it perhaps plays a little more into my like my my extended family uh, you know marriage being a very Family-oriented thing. When we had our wedding in San Diego, we invited we had like uh, almost 200 people from his side and my side of the family, and it was it was really a, a pivotal 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 moment in both of our lives, seeing that support from our extended family uh, in the workplace. Um, I mean, it, it's funny. I guess one place I think about it being strange is. Um, In California, they had this law where domestic partnerships were supposed to be treated the same as marriage, even though marriage wasn't legal. And so I had all these forms that I filled out, and there were usually only two options, single or married. And I was like, which one do I check? And I had to go talk to people and and make sure that, you know, I wanted, I didn't want, you know, I'm kind of a follow the rules kind of person I like I like to submit something once and not have it come back to me um, so I had to check with people and be like what do I check um, I think they, they told they did tell me to just check married but um, there's kind of a little bit of a psychological element to that it's like you know like you're saying that I can't get married um, and yet at the same time this is the world you live in where it's either you're not married or you're married there's like no in between uh, I think they're the people you work with I don't I, I think of my professional relationships and the it doesn't seem to be as important in that case but thinking about marriage and all of these issues as far as how it relates to the workplace makes reminds me of um, at my one of my jobs um, where back it, this was actually the one I first came out um, is around you know 2007 2008 we had the um, prop 8 going on. And so I had coworkers with stickers on their cars and signs that said, you know, man, woman only. And these were many people that I work with. And that was a challenging thing. What do you do? Um, How do you approach a relationship when you know this person, you know, doesn't even recognize you as deserving of of equal rights? You know, that was was a little challenging, you know, and that also played into a bit of that anxiety. Well, is this a safe place or not? I mean, I, you know, I didn't see, I don't recall single, seeing a single sticker or, or thing of support saying no on Prop 8. I don't think I had much of a conversation with my my coworkers at that place. Um, even though I was out, I uh, didn't feel comfortable enough maybe pushing that issue because I'm not sure what you do when you have a coworker who thinks that you shouldn't be able to get married. But I did talk about my husband still. It's, I didn't censor myself about what it was like living with my husband the things we did together the family we were creating together i in my mind i think i was telling myself you know this is what i need to do people need to know that i am here and i exist and i am really not that much different from them you know we have a lot of things in common you know we we you know you watch netflix with your spouse i do too and it was definitely a period in my life where I was building that confidence, both professional and, and personal too, getting to the point where I could say, you know what, I do a good job. I am a good person. Um, I deserve to live my life without that extra stress and anxiety of whether of, of like other people I work with judging me. So now I do feel like I can go to workplaces, and you know, if, if I if I happen to come out in an interview because they ask me, you know, what do you like to do in your free time, and I mention um, the things I, some of the things I do with my husband, and they decide they don't want to hire me because someone secretly is homophobic or whatever. Well, I I don't think I'd want to work there with that person, you know. I don't think I'd want to be on that team, you know. Thankfully, I really haven't gotten the sense of that um, in the last few years. Um, like at my current job, uh, I feel completely welcome in, in a way. I think the fact that I am LGBT, people appreciate that almost like des- diversity is something that's desired now, um, something that people um, want. And it's really, I, I guess, there's, there's no safer space than to have someone's like act or say that, you know what, th- the fact that you're different from me is, is valued. The fact that you bring something different to this team, um, we we love that. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of that's where I'm at right now, you know, at a place like that.
2: Yeah, I really, really love um, hearing that story and hearing the stuff about Prop 8 is really um distressing to me you know i've sort of watched the, a couple of documentaries about what happened there and and it's something that's coming up here in australia you know we've had this very conservative government we've we've just got rid of um a prime minister who was very very anti uh marriage equality um but the way they've decided to deal with that is they're going to put it to um uh, what's called a plebiscite over here so uh, the whole populace will vote on whether or not uh, marriage equality should be okay. But that's a, it's a non-binding vote. So, you know, the parliament could then just say, oh, yeah, well, everybody voted in favour, but me, we're not going to do anything. The, the campaigning and the very um, public sort of expressions of you are not worthy, you know, you are not the same, you are different, and we don't value that. In particular, from some of these very um, extreme uh, groups like um, the Australian Christian lobby here, you know, who are constantly sort of putting out things in the media saying that, you know, uh, queer people will have a sickness that, 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 you know, that they should be cured, that, um, you know, they're linked with pedophilia and all this stuff that's just absolute bullshit. But these messages, you know, and I'm terrified of the way that the sort of very public debate uh, that's going to happen, you know, when this goes into motion, it's just going to be really, really damaging to, you know, anybody who's not confident in themselves, but also people that are, you know, that have that experience that you've sort of described of, you know, being in environments where, There's these car stickers that, 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 you know, just really say you are less, you are less worthy, you know, and I don't believe that you should uh, have the same rights as me.
0: It's so interesting because listening to you speak, I find myself identifying with so many of your sentiments, but on a different level. Uh, Yes. On the, on the queerness level, but on the female level, of having a bumper sticker that says, bitch, go make me a sandwich or having a bumper sticker that says, you know, Oh, my nagging wife or whatever. Um, So listening to you say that, I just feel such solidarity both with my feminine side and with my queer side of really being afraid and really feeling like if I don't, if somebody else doesn't agree with my identity or if somebody else doesn't think that my identity is legitimate, the government right now doesn't necessarily support, let's say, uh, birth control for women or same-sex marriage for uh, LGBT people. All of these kind of things, and and that's been like a constant throughout my life. My my queer journey has been, I think, very interesting and, and different. Being bi. and I uh, I try not to take over because. I think my experience is very, very different given the fact that bi people can sort of blend in a little bit more and that makes us very separate and apart and weird and I don't know. But I think this gets back to, and this was your main tenet, is is that confidence, is that, say, is that saying, I've got this skill. I've got this skill and you can either take it or you can't, but you know that somebody else will. And that's what it really boils down for, for me. Whether it's um, coming out as queer and saying, you have to accept my husband as a big part of my uh, life and my partnership and and who I am as a person, or, hey, you have to accept me as a, a woman in tech who can code and know my boyfriend didn't get me into it type thing, um, is that I can say, it doesn't really matter what you think, because... I have this hard skill and for good or for bad, because I do think that denigrates things like the social sciences or, you know, people who don't necessarily have a hard skill and that have those soft communication skills. Um, I do think it denigrates that a little bit, but what it has given is it has given me the confidence to say, if I, just like you said, if you are interviewing for a workplace that hears a story about your husband and then decides not to hire you, screw them you get to decide to say, you know what, that's fine. There's there's a million other companies that want me to work for them because of these skills I have. And, and for good or for bad, tech has, for me, given me that confidence. It's given me the ability to say, I get to shape the kind of uh, field that I'm working in right now. I get to ask for things like, maternity leave i get to ask for things like hey you need to respect who i am and respect my partner's pronoun and you need to respect my journey and whatever because if they fire me they're out a developer and right now at least in washington dc that's not an option for them and i'm very lucky because my company is just like awesome whoever you are that's great you do good work work for us But if I was to go into an environment where I was before in the nonprofit space or in uh, the international relations space and somebody like called me sweetie or somebody said some disparaging thing, it was very hard. I kind of had to smile through it because I I was like, well, no one else is going to give me a job. Thank God I even have this job. Whereas now if somebody calls me sweetie, oh, that's not going to happen. I'm going to say, you know what, that's really inappropriate, blah, blah, blah because they're not going to fire one of their developers. And that's maybe not necessarily a good thing, Or, but it also has, it. it gives marginalized populations this real intense empowerment voice to be like, you know what, this is not your thing anymore. I've got these skills and you can either love it or hate it, but I've got them and you need me. So we need to work together either, you know, Get on the bad wagon or go live somewhere else where people, I don't know, don't believe in queer rights because whatever. I guess they're living in the Stone Age. Who knows? I don't know.
4: So some of you came out like on the job and some of you kind of went in sort of already out and already out in the open. Um, How do you feel it was different um, if any of you have done both? How is it different going into it already? Identifying as LGBT to your coworkers and stuff versus, you know, kind of going in heteronormative, if you will, and then coming out later?
1: Well, um, I have a, a funny story that's kind of like that. I've been out for so long, I just don't even, it's a non issue for me. Um, and so when I got out of college, I actually started working in places that weren't, where it wasn't overtly clear that I was in uh, a queer position. Um, all throughout high school and college I worked in queer organizations and then after college I didn't and so I was hanging out with a friend and I was just talking about my partner and they were like, How long have you two been like how long have you been two been together? And I was just like, Oh, he and I have been together about five years and they were like, He? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. Um and they were kind of taken aback and I was just like, Did you not know that I was and it was this moment for me where I have forgotten what that process was of coming out. And I feel really, really, really fortunate that I can even forget what that process is like. So yeah, we just had a conversation and it didn't change any of our interactions. It didn't it actually um, brought us closer together. They had a lot of questions because they had never met a queer black person. They had never met a queer person that was just so casual about themselves coming out where it seemed completely natural because it is natural um, for the, for me to just live my life the way that I live my life authentically. And so we ended up having a lot of great conversations and I ended up being able to serve as a resource. And I know that a lot of people don't want to serve as a resource in their day-to-day life. So they just want to go about their business and be left alone. But for me, it was really empowering to have someone be like, oh, like I didn't expect that from you. and. Um, now I want to learn more because I want I want to know you and I want to know what that aspect of your life is like. And I felt like that was a really genuine and honest discussion and conversation that I've had at work where I went in not feeling trep- trepidation about being out. And also um, when I did come out um, in this sort of very casual, nonchalant way, this person wanted to get to know me a little bit more.
3: I wanted to say, I guess, it felt like not coming out was holding back my potential. I had more potential than was being achieved when I had to basically walk around in eggshells. You know, the the company that I came out the first time didn't have a lot of, I mean, there was, you had maybe the equal, the EEOC statement about, you know, we're a non-discriminating company, an equal opportunity employer, but you didn't have anything else. And there are companies like that where there's there's not like advertisements or or information that says this is a safe space. Uh, another job I had, which was the company was a bank that's you know it's it's from the Midwest. Um, it did have a lot of advertisement of inclusiveness and diversity, and they had an online um, LGBT group. I was in San Diego, so I wasn't really um, able to meet a lot of the other people that worked at the company because they were all in in the Midwest. In that instance, um, you know, I did come out in the interview. It was just like I'm talking about myself. It was more like I'm just who I am. You know, it was a smaller team. And I think even if the company can be very welcoming, it also comes down to, you know, is your team welcoming, you know, like when you come out. You don't all you can't always tell based off of the the, the information how, how welcoming the the company is. It also comes down to the team you're going to work with, and then I guess finally um, at my current company, um, it's very welcoming. Um, they they they're such a they're a fairly young company, so um, you know they don't actually have a lot of advertisements they have some uh, they definitely value diversity and inclusivity but i saw that as an opportunity and so now um, this is at solar city uh, i'm involved in starting an employee resource group for lgbt employees so we are going to make it even more inclusive and um, educate people and bring lgbt people together to empower them um, and connect people to mentors so that like this no one has to go through what I did, hopefully, you know, no one has to go through the coming out process. It's like, during the interview, it should be established that, you know, we are going to accept you whole and completely as a person. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get to that place in all places of employment.
4: I would like to think during a job interview, that that wouldn't even be a thing. Like, we don't have to say we're going to accept you. It would just be Tell us about your code experiences and not have to worry about what would happen if you accidentally mentioned you have a partner during a job interview, and if that would cause you not to get hired. It just shouldn't be a thing.
2: Yeah, I think that's really true that it it shouldn't be a thing. But there are times when it actually is useful to have some of those things. Um, And one example of that is, you know, particularly in ThoughtWorks Australia, we've had a very strong target to make sure that our workforce is equal. So, you know, we are an unusual tech company in Australia uh, in the sense that 50% of our developers are women, you know, and they're not hired just because they're women. They are really good, competent developers who happen to be women. But, um, you know, part of that process has been making sure that that we know that people are women when they're coming into the process, because that's part of, you know, there's lots of arguments for and against having these targets and stuff like that. But, um, I I see it as having been a really positive thing because now that we're 50, 50, it, it becomes less of an issue because it's just who we are. It's just who we are as an organization that also has some, um, uh, implications for other sort of categories of diversity, and I'm not sure how we would ever get to a place where we'd look at people's sexuality and stuff like that. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe it can be useful, but it can also be extremely destructive.
0: I've had two separate experiences, and I'm not again, I'm I'm not really sure how to deal with them. Since the first time I've been out in a workplace, but. Um, One of them has been other queer coworkers who aren't ready to come out and who maybe aren't even out of the closet come up to me and be like, hey, thank you for doing that. Because I came out in a super public way. We were all drunk at a happy hour and somebody said something disparaging and I was like, hey, yo, you don't know who's in this company is what? So maybe you shouldn't say something like that. They're like, oh, well, I know everything. I'm like, well, I'm a bi employee and I'm queer and I'm part of that network. So maybe let's just think before we make statements. And then they were like, oh, shit, was that offensive? And I said, yeah, yeah, it was. And then we had this huge company talk about how that was a little bit offensive. um, And it was really good. And it was like in that education point where maybe not everybody wants to be in that space, but I was pretty comfortable doing that. And later on, I had a coworker say, you know, I'm not ready to be there. I'm not ready to do that. But thank you for being that person. And I feel so much more secure listening to your experience and listening to the way that other people treated you after you did that and seeing that like, oh, you haven't been ostracized. You haven't been like fired or uh, shunned or anything. It was just this moment where people were like, oh, God, you're right. We never even thought about that because you know she's dating a man whatever we never even thought about oh maybe this is something we should be thinking about before we make statements so that was that was like a really positive experience the one kind of negative experience that i struggle with all the time um is the sexualization of queer women and especially by women and uh it's that's really hard and it's really hard to call somebody out to be like hey that's a super inappropriate sexual question that you are not allowed to ask me. A lot of it is like, oh, hey, do you have threesomes all the time because you're bi? And I have to be like, yo, that's not cool. And that is super sexual. Or like, oh, what does your boyfriend think about like you making out with girls? And it's like, oh, God, this is like not appropriate in a professional setting. So that's one piece that I struggle really hard about is like how – And I don't know if maybe men have a similar situation to this that I'm just not aware of being a woman, but how, like being sexualized is part of the not holding respect in a workplace for women. And so when you come out as bi, it's like, oh, I see you're bi, slut. You know, that has been really rough is like, okay, how do I own that part of my queerness and that part of my sexuality without having this overarching sexualization happen and to say, hey, yo, I'm your colleague. I am not some girl on the street. I am not some whatever that you get to make these sexual comments with. I am your professional colleague and you need to treat me professionally.
4: Did you have anything to add, Victor?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think when I was talking about um the, uh, coming out initially, and then coming out at a company that was welcoming, but the team—you know—the t- the team really defines whether um, it's it's going to be a safe space. Um, yeah, I, th- I had those those experiences. I was talking those experiences. I was talking about. I guess was a trying to answer that question.
4: After you came out, did your feelings about the workplace change? Did you feel like you were more accepted, or people were more honest with you, or things like that, or did Things just not really change. Like, oh, cool, that's cool, and then life kind of went on the way it was.
3: I, I didn't really um, the first time I came out. I didn't really uh, sense much of a difference. You know, I guess one of the differences was um, how it changed for me. I mean, there were a lot of positives about not having to hide things for me, but I had new uh, conflicts um, going back to about you know Prop Eight and seeing that some of my coworkers were supporters. It changed that. I think if I had stayed in the closet, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have been as worried, even if I was, you know, a little bothered by it, because they wouldn't have known that, hey, you're, you're telling, you're basically saying that I don't deserve equal rights. Well, now, you know, you, they know, and they're making sure to advertise that, you know, they, they don't approve of same-sex marriage or the fact that I have a partner and that I want to get married and things like that. So that's that's one place where, you know, coming out presents a different set of challenges for the individual, even if no one else changes the way they act. You kind of it's like, who are our role models for that? You know, I didn't have any role models for coming out. I didn't have anyone to go to really at that time and say, you know, if I do this, what's going to happen? How you know, how do I interact with coworkers who I know um, don't approve of same-sex marriage or think that I'm immoral, you know. Uh, ultimately, what I decided is, you know, hey, I'm just going to do my job and I'm going to work with them and I'm going to do the best I can do and we'll leave that at the door. You know, I think, I think that worked for me, but um, at least in that environment. I would say also what changed for me is willingness to take more risks, So coming out enabled me to take more risks. It it eliminated a lot of roadblocks. Again, the issues of confidence. um, It was challenging my confidence. It was challenging connections and relationships with coworkers. I could now connect and relate with people in a more personal way, um, enabled me to connect to mentors like the mentor I mentioned. You know, We wouldn't have been able to connect on that level if I hadn't been comfortable enough coming out in my workplace and in my professional life, right? Like if I come out, you know, at user groups and meetups, my coworkers might be there, or someone might, you know, show up at a meetup, and everyone else knows I'm I'm gay, but the the coworker doesn't. Coming out of work, coming out at work, el- eliminated those things. You know, um, I, I wasn't worried about that so much. The the deed had already kind of been done. I I've also, you know, one of the other places I've had to come out at is and in meetups and user groups. Again, it 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 just enabled me. To achieve a higher potential than I think I could have, one of the ways I came out was um, it was for for my for my my husband and I's wedding. Um, I made a website. I, I kind of made it a little project um, where I used a new technology at the time: with Node.js in the back end and JavaScript on the front end. And um, And uh, I I put it together. I actually made it into a presentation. I gave it a code camp, And I was um, also a mentor at uh, a user group. Um, And we happened to have uh, a track on JavaScript at the time. And so I talked about this project. It's almost like my work is my coming out. In that case, it's not just like, I'm not just talking about my husband. My sexuality um, is in the project, in uh, the work I do. It's like, I can't. I can't unlink the stuff if I wanted to. It was an opportunity. Doing that project was an opportunity. And if and if I had still been in the closet, would I have been willing to do that project? Or even if I did that project, would I have been able to turn it into a presentation or talk about it during a relevant, you know, mentor, like a relevant meetup group? No, I, I don't think I would have. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things, it, it changes, like, more than just your relationships with your co-workers it changes your entire career coming out at work
4: yeah definitely so any last minute things you want to add in any final words
2: I'm just on the um on the topic uh of sort of finishing up and sort of cool things that we've seen in the world or how to be a better person uh there's an awesome lady who works with me at ThoughtWorks who did this really great piece um, and I'll share a link for it for the show notes you know what we can do as techies to make sure that we are more inclusive and welcoming and she did this great piece on you know how you know gender and sex is is so frequently put onto forms and and sign-ups and these sites and why do you want that information do you need it? You know, and how we in the, in the industry can question those things and say, well, you know, if you really need to put that there, maybe here's a way that you can do that that won't alienate people. But do you really need it? And I loved that. I really, really uh, thought it was a great piece. And it was so welcome, uh, particularly to have that um, from a trans lady on this perspective of what, why do you need that information?
4: Yeah, I was just about to say, as a trans person myself, you know, I always stress out a bit, like, why do you need to know my gender or my sex or anything like that? It's not important to sign up for a mailing list. It's not important to shop at this clothing store. It's not important to whatever they you know, the government doesn't even really need it. Like, why do they need to know things like that? Any other final words?
3: we talked, you know, like, I I didn't have any confidence when I first started as a junior year engineer, I, I felt like I didn't have anything to prove my skill set. But one of the things is, I wish if I could go, like back in time, um, to that period when I, I didn't feel confident, and, you know, I was struggling with issues like coming out at work, you know, I, I wish I could have, I wish I could um, convince myself that I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, even really need those, those things that, that I didn't need that work to prove that I had value, because what I had was my potential. You know, I had a lot of potential. I was, and that's what made me a valuable person. You know, even when I was junior, even when I was entry level, I think had I believed that more, I would have taken even, you know, more risks. I wouldn't have taken, I probably, I would have come out at that first job. You know, potentially, um, I would have connected with the software community sooner. I I would have I would have had a sense of confidence in my potential, and you know, I'll, that's part of what brought me to the Bay Area itself is knowing that you know I I want to achieve my full potential. I don't feel like I'm quite there yet. Uh, I'm willing to take this risk now, and so coming out at work is a risk, and it is one though that has a lot of payoffs. Um, And I think we can make it something where there's more support. And um, as said before, like it, it doesn't even become something you have to do. It's just like you're valued as an employee for your skills, but also as a person. That's, that's what's important. That's, that's a great place to work. A place that values you for your skill set, but also
4: for who you are. And I think that's a great way to end our second episode of the LGBTQ Tech Podcast. Um I wanna thank the guests today, Jay Green, Jessica Bell, Martin Pecky, and Victor Roman. Thank you all for being on the show today. Waste time. Open your mind.
3: Have no regrets. Paint the sky your favorite color. Your favorite color.